0: Today, you're going to learn the three stages a couple will need to go through to recover from an affair. Maybe this isn't something your marriage has gone through, but if you've ever experienced a moment of betrayal via your spouse, you'll find this super helpful.
1: Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda
0: Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 78, and we're going to be talking about recovering and rebuilding marriage following an affair. Obviously, if something this major happens to your marriage, it is ideal if you can receive professional help from a therapist like myself, but we hope regardless that this episode will be a blessing to you.
1: Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a challenging episode. Like yeah. it's a tough reality for many people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think though, at some level, we've all experienced some kind of betrayal. You know, even we mm-hmm. just let each other down on some issue. It may not be at all adulterous, but, you know, I promised I would do this. I forgot or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So betrayal happens because we're human beings, right? Mm -hmm. But there is this most severe kind, which is just the bombshell of discovering your spouse has been involved in or is involved in an affair. Yeah. And so whether it's major or minor, we're hoping that this will be helpful for all of our listeners. If you haven't already done so, you should also be sure to pick up episode 20, How to Affair Proof Your Marriage as well. So if you want this episode to be irrelevant and stay that way, episode 20 will help you get there. Right. And I just thought too, kind of coming into this for Linda, like we don't want to come across as moralistic or judgmental in this episode, but it is, you know, our our worldview and our belief is that not only is the marriage bond sacred, but it is a breach or a break in that bond when an affair occurs.
1: Yeah. That's our value in marriage.
0: So, and because of this, we believe that if you've experienced an affair, it cannot be ignored.
1: No, it's not something to sweep under the carpet and pretend it didn't happen.
0: And while there is like a a thin segment of marriage therapists out there who help people get comfortable with having no moral boundaries in their marriage, it's actually like Christian or not, most marriage therapists hold to the same value that, you know, affairs are not a good thing and that the commitment and bond of a marriage should be held as sacred between those two people. Okay. So just uh just to kind of paint the the background of our perspective if it's a first time listener that's where we're coming from and uh you know We're talking about affairs. I'm not going to say or a betrayal every time as we go through here. We're just going to talk about affairs in the episode, and you can kind of translate as you're listening and apply this to your situation. So I'll just mention that to our listeners. Mm -hmm. And then rather than kind of referring to a lot of different research articles, I'm using here a research-based textbook that has assimilated tons of articles and thousands of hours of their own experience in how we as therapists help marriages. And I've used this information to successfully help couples in treatment as well. And if you want details on that source, you can pick it up on our website. Uh, Although it is written for therapists, not lay people. So it may not be the best resource if you're going through this. And one final caveat. If you've been betrayed, it's your choice what you want to do with your marriage. For the purpose of this episode, I'm going to assume that both spouses want to recover the marriage and create a stronger, better future marriage bond. Right. Okay. Shall we jump into it now? Sure. All righty.
1: I think I'm going to be doing a lot of listening today.
0: Okay. Well, I'll try not to uh, go so fast as I did last time. All right. <laughs> so the first stage that folks have to go through is to process the emotional impact of the affair. And, and that's why I recommend, if at all possible, you work through the impact of an affair with professional help. Find a local counselor, reach out to myself as a registered clinical counselor. It's just so emotionally huge. Yeah, Like this is a, the volume of emotion is profound, right? Mm-hmm. And really complex at the same time. It's really hard to sort that through on your own. And, you know, I would say then kind of with, you know, some of the caveats that we've put on this and, and with yourselves now coming into the situation, if you both want to work through what's happened, the one thing that, that must not go on is the affair relationship. Mm-hmm. So the affair relationship must absolutely stop. And for the spouse that's been involved in the affair, you know, that will actually mean you need to grieve the loss of, of your, your affair partner.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Don't expect a whole lot of empathy from your spouse on that. No. But there is a loss there because there's some kind of bond, however illegitimate that has been formed. Okay. Okay. And then also the need is there to take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. So it's going to be difficult for you, but if you're really serious about the marriage, it has to be done. Yeah. And you can, sometimes folks wonder, what What do I tell my extramarital partner? Let them know you're working on your marriage and you need to be fully committed. Just keep it simple. And, and, and so, so
1: that relationship is ending.
0: Is ending. It, it has to end and there has to be no further contact. Like, can you imagine trying to repair with a spouse if your spouse was kind of keeping that option open? Yeah, no. Like you're in an alarm condition and you're being asked to see if you can sort through this. It just doesn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, that's, that's kind of part one of stage one. Then the couple, then one of the first things that you'll be dealing with is all the feelings generated by the affair. And they're going to be these very intense feelings of anger and betrayal and shock. And the betrayed spouse will need space to express those. And the affair spouse will need to acknowledge and validate them.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine that that would be pretty.
0: No, it's not. But I mean, you, If you're the affair spouse, you created this. So this is your.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You baked your cake. Now you get to eat it. But here's, you know, with regards to that not being pretty, Verlinda, like here's the thing, like these discussions should be kept to finite periods of time. It's almost like you agree to take this off the shelf. You're going to talk about it for an hour and then you're going to put it back on the shelf because what can happen is you can end up with just days of going in circles, right? And never accomplishing anything and being a constant state of distress. Like you're maintaining kind of the trauma of it just because you're wallowing around in there.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So you want to kind of keep it to finite periods of times that you set aside where you're not getting into this continual rehashing. But when you take these times that are specific and you sit down and you discuss these feelings, and, you know, first it's going to be primarily the betrayed spouse, but then the affair spouse, it's going to help you both begin to clarify and understand each other more. You're going to probably have more honest conversations than you've been having in years. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. And then as part of this, you know, when you're discussing feelings, it takes you away from fact finding.
1: Yes. So fact
0: finding is kind of something that, that always comes up and this sort of endless search for facts can happen by the betrayed spell. So we understand why that is and so on, but really often what's going on there is talking about the facts keeps you from the harder yet helpful work of talking about feelings.
1: Yeah. It's easier to talk about facts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But on that subject of facts, you know, the question comes up well, what should the betrayed spouse know? Like, right, how much they detail? They need
1: to know something,
0: right? And generally, the betrayed spouse should know who the extramarital partner was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how long the affair lasted, how often they met, and where they met. Just kind of those basics, okay? Beyond this, it becomes voyeuristic detail, like you know, what were all the positions that you guys used, and, oh, and all that kind of whatever. That's not right? healthy, no? And you got to gotta live. About. Like you're creating, like, so the the betrayed spouse is kind of creating these memories that aren't, that are only um, imagined Mm -hmm. because they weren't there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it just becomes really, really difficult for the betrayed spouse to work through those kind of memories and images that get created if you get into too much detail. Okay. And knowing more just isn't going to help. Because you still have to go
1: through that difficult, painful sorting out your feelings.
0: It's the feelings, Yes. And so when you find yourself with this urge to ask about the facts, pause and ask yourself about what you feel right now and what you need. What you need? Yeah, and express that to your spouse. Often a betrayed spouse just needs to be assured again that um, the affair spouse wants to work on the marriage and that the affair spouse finds them lovable and attractive. Okay. This is what you need, right? It's just uh, assurance. You need that
1: assurance.
0: Yes, because the commitment has been broken.
1: Okay. And the loyalty. But I might, instead of realizing that and asking for that, I might just want facts. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. You're kind of just comparing, right? Oh. Because okay. you're trying to okay. figure out if you're better than the other person or not. Right. But, yeah. you know, how is that discussion going to work out? Because no two people are the same. Yeah. So, really, that's where we say it's about your feelings and what you need. So, get okay. good at expressing that. Okay. And this is just kind of a side note here. You know, this is the, or sorry, this is the emotional turmoil stage. And this can go from weeks to months. And it cannot and it should not be bypassed. It's difficult, but it's necessary. And if you find yourself kind of going through this and you begin to really struggle with anxiety or depression for an extended part of the stage, a visit to your family doctor would be prudent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that's something to be, to be aware of there. Now, just one note here for the affair spells. Trust is rebuilt slowly. Yeah. You, like
1: you blew it
0: and you can't rebuild it like as fast as you want. Yeah. So be patient. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, you know, you put it on your, on your betrayed spouse's time schedule, not yours when you went down this road. Okay. Okay. So that's really kind of sorting through the emotional impact of the affair. Now stage two is thinking through the affair and these kind of, might intermingle a bit. It's not like, oh, we're done stage one. Let's go to stage two now. It's it, These overlap and you go through cycles and stuff. But generally, once the feelings have been largely processed and worked through, the affair will become less of an emotionally charged topic. And this now begins the part where you begin to work on the relationship. And in all fairness, you know, like I said, you probably started earlier, but we're just kind of pulling them apart here for clarity. hmm so there's really three things that happen in this stage of, of thinking through the affair. And it's not just one 10-minute conversation each, but it's just part of your journey. It's going to be a whole lot of discussion in here. Mm-hmm. But the task here is to make sense of what happened. So what are the factors in the affair spouse's experience that led to the affair?
1: I just think that this could easily get to like the blame game.
0: Uh, the blame game in, in what way?
1: Well, you made me do it.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah.
1: You know, if you hadn't have been such a nagging whatever, I wouldn't have had to go elsewhere. Yeah. And I don't know. What? Like nothing justifies an affair.
0: No. No, you're right. So nothing justifies an affair. But, you know, there had to be an environment in which the affair was became a possibility.
1: Yeah. And I agree that it always takes two. Yeah. I Yeah, I see so, that.
0: And again, this is kind of where I go to Verlinda, like, you know, if you are getting stuck in the blame game, get professional help because they can help you do this without being stuck there. Okay. Yeah. Because keep in mind too that this is sort of past a lot of the emotional processing. Okay. And and so, you know, maybe with that deeper intimacy that comes from that and the the honesty that and authenticity that all of a sudden is, you would hope is there, you know, people are beginning to be willing to have these discussions. Okay. Where they can take more responsibility, including the betrayed spells for how they got to where they are today. Okay. that uh, fair enough? Yeah. You know, and some of these things are, you know, it could be only in the affair spouses experience and those can be remedied, but you know, usually like we've said, there's some marital dysfunction going on, right? Yeah. So what the couple has to do is engage in this challenging task to create an explanation that helps both of them make sense of the situation as well as giving them some sense of the problems that led to it are being rectified.
1: Okay. Say that in like simpler terms here. Um,
0: it's kind of like we figure out.
1: Okay, this is what how we got caused to, it. Or yes, no.
0: how we got to where an affair could happen.
1: Yeah, and what we're going to do differently. Yeah, how so we're that,
0: fixing those things though.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So, and, and this kind of ties back to your question, right? Because if I'm too defensive to admit that I might have any role, then I'm not going to have any assurance that it's not going to happen again because I I'm haven't changed changing. anything.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: So. You know, although it is painful to admit that you contributed to something that was done to you, in a sense. Yeah. Or really your spouse did it to himself, but it's impacted you. Yeah. At least by admitting and owning that, you now know what needs to work done. And I think that's a better place to be in. Yeah. Because denying that keeps you away from what you want, which is a sense of security and safety and renewed love. Make sense? You you look like you're not quite buying it. Yeah,
1: I'm not quite buying it
0: well it is a hard pill to swallow yeah what are you not buying
1: I guess I find it hard to believe that there isn't going to be that it's not going to get turned back on the betrayed spouse right like if if
0: well that would be bad
1: yeah like I just think if things were you know they were okay but there was some dysfunction there okay And a spouse takes it upon themselves to go elsewhere, Yeah. then I don't know, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to come back to the point and say, yeah, it was all my fault, but these things contributed to it without it becoming the betrayed person's fault. I just find that really hard to think through in my head, I guess.
0: Okay. Uh, So let me speak to the affair spouse for a minute then. Okay. So bear in mind that the affair spouse, you know, uh, wants to rebuild the marriage. Yeah. Which tells me that they have a value that says that this marriage is important or maybe even sacred. Yeah. And they broke that value, their own value. Yeah. So if they have that value and they're coming back because of the value, then I'm assuming, and there should be, maybe I should have made this explicit, but the affair spouse is also very clear about you know, how could I do this to myself? How could I do this to us? Mm-hmm. Right. So even though there may have been this contributing factors in the relationship, this person is like really taking some ownership as well. Like because even
1: though these things were going wrong, I shouldn't have.
0: Yes. There, gone, I should have got help. Yes. I sorry. And I'm okay. assuming there is that full responsibility taking of, you know what, instead of me going, finding my emotional needs met somewhere else, which led to a physical affair, I should have come back to you. I should have asked us for marriage counseling, or I should have insisted on it, or I should have whatever, right? Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is
0: that fair enough? I think so. But what it kind of does do, Verlinda, and here's like, this is the sticky point though. It kind of puts you on the same level when you're doing this work of, you know, creating this explanation.
1: Because who am I to think that I wouldn't have done the same thing in the same situation? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that, that's the starting point for forgiveness too is when you see yourself as having the potential for doing the same thing. Okay. See, the affair, the way I'm looking at this, and, and the research does, is that the affair is a symptom of the behavior that was present in the marriage. Okay. It's not the problem, it's a symptom of the problem.
1: Okay. Now, yeah. morally,
0: it's a huge problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of a tough one, but when you're you're sharing this responsibility for allowing the problems in your relationship to continue, because somehow both spouses bought into that, that's the point at which you're actually on the same page, too, about the future of the marriage. Yes. Okay, which leads us to the final stage, which is reconciliation, recovery, and restructuring of the marriage. Okay. So every marriage has struggles, right? Yeah. And what the affair has done is it helped the struggles of that marriage become really, really obvious. Yeah. Now now that it's visible to both spouses, you both know what you're working on, you can begin to rebuild. Okay. How's that for a reframe? Mm Mm-hmm. So you know and this this may take this part may take from a few months to a couple of years but it's often a phase of self-discovery where uh, folks begin to understand how their previous roles in the marriage are really rooted in their families of origin and maybe if there's some long-standing anxiety or depression that was at play their role is begin to be understood in here as well okay but probably the biggest part of this is the work of reconciling which includes forgiveness and broadly speaking you know without diving into all the details of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. There's a number of aspects here. Okay. First is that the betrayed spouse and the affair spouse both have to decide if they want to reconcile.
1: Okay. Now I thought this was like part of stage one.
0: Well, it is. And it isn't because maybe a couple decides that they want to work on the marriage because they've got kids in the home.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But you know, they can be roommates. They can be partners. um, They can even be friends. But do they really want to be lovers again and okay, married? Like this okay. is something for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah. So and, that's what you mean by reconcile.
0: Yeah. And this needs to be overt and explicit, like made, you know, put out in the open to talk about. Okay. It has to be a real choice by both spouses. And of course, you know, safety has to be a part of that too, in the sense that, you know, this is coming after the previous two stages where you've rebuilt some sense of uh, security so that you know you're not at risk for like even STDs from your spouse going and doing this again. Oh, okay. Right? So safety has to be there.
1: Yeah.
0: And that requires the betraying partner to be able to commit the safeguards to ensure that there's no personal risk in reconciling. Okay. Okay. So this is practical, but it's very necessary. And then there also has to be next kind of the softening towards one another. And I would hope that ex- and expect that this would kind of flow from recognizing how you both created a marriage in which the affair was a possibility. And that means that you're both recognizing that you have this shared flawed humanity, so, there's kind of no lording it over the other spells by the betrayed spells. Okay. And there's a, so there comes in here kind of a softness where the defenses have been dropped and you're both beginning to make concessions towards each other. And then it's time for doing the hard work of forgiveness and holding on to that forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the task of rebuilding, right? So there's been a downward cascade in the past that somehow has resulted in this huge crash. And now it's time to rebuild, to invest, to grow, to nourish the marriage by actively building love. Okay. And of course, all through this, trust and accountability are vital. Things that normally would not trigger alarm may do so.
1: Yeah, like they're going to be on the alert, yeah. watching. That's, yeah,
0: That's because it's been an incredibly traumatic event, right? Yeah. And during this phase, though, failures or apparent failures in trustworthiness are inevitable. You know, like some behaviors and actions are going to be interpreted as a breach in trustworthiness. Okay. And that's just kind of something to be aware of. It doesn't mean that the stage has failed, but these are kind of, they're really opportunities to further practice forgiveness, to reestablish what's going on, to build that intimacy because you're talking about what happened in those moments and to positively Mm -hmm. maintain these reconciliation behaviors. Okay. So... Really, the focus kind of here is on building and enhancing intimacy, which is one of the reasons why I'm excited about what's ahead of us at Only Forever. And in about four weeks, we do have a series coming out called The Heart of Marriage, Hmm. where we are going to really drill into the core building blocks of love and intimacy. And right now, it's looking like there will be five episodes in that show series about these core issues, and they're just going to be jam-packed with wisdom and help for our audience's marriages. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I had for today's episode: rebuilding your marriage after an affair.
1: Yeah, that just be hard, painful work. It's I a think. tough road to hoe. But I think, there's hope too. You can see that, like people have worked through this.
0: Yes, and often, you know, maybe not without exception, but when they when they you know go at this with all sincerity, the intimacy they have in their marriage after it is greater than what they had before. Before, mm-hmm. because now they're known and fully known. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Flaws and all. Yeah. No hiding. Yeah.
0: So if this is you, uh, take courage and uh, we just encourage you to, to fight for what you believe in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's painful as it may be. Do you know what? We had some feedback, Caleb, from a listener by email this week who says, thanks so much for doing these podcasts. I really appreciate the Sherlock and Watson approach to these episodes. Expert and normal person in brackets. So I'm not sure that being called a normal person is a compliment or not, but I'll take it as a compliment. Better than weird. (laughs) Yeah. So I love the psychological and biblical combo to everything you talk about. Thank you again for giving professional advice for free because otherwise we may not be able to get it. Oh, that's cool. So that's really neat. Yeah. It's just exciting that they listen and take it in and work on it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Next week for Linda, we're talking about how to cope with your spouse's anxiety. I'm really, really worried about that episode. And so that's an episode for spouses out there who live with a spouse who experiences anxiety. And I think it's going to be super helpful as well. And we're going to ask our listeners, can you help us again? We are trying to reach as many marriages as possible. I think we touch one or 2,000 marriages a week right now. And we're so grateful for every listener we have, but we want to 10X that number. Really? To start with. Do you not
1: find that like scary?
0: Well, you know what? What did I say like three days ago?
1: What's that? Anxiety? No. I need to listen to next week.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) I said three days ago that we've pretty much 10x from last year. Yeah,
1: that's true. the same point.
0: That's true. Okay, there's a couple ways you can help us. First is by leaving a review on iTunes as that helps people find us because it makes our show more visible there. Mm -hmm. Your honest review would be so much appreciated. And the second is by mentioning our podcast to your friends and family. We can all use a marriage boost and... You can bless others by sharing with them the Marriage Podcast for Smart People by Only You Forever. Ooh. That's what you're listening to right now.
1: That sounds so sophisticated. Indeed. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 78. Once again, thank you so much for listening and for caring about your marriage. We're honored to be a part of your journey. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at only slash love. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. We are live. I'm alive. Isn't that a song? I know it's he's alive.
0: Yeah. Okay. Ready to go, baby
1: hmm I'll try not to fall asleep. Make sure it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll try.